Uh, we're reading from 2 Timothy, chapter 2, today, uh, verse 1 to 7. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete doesn't receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. This is God's word. Uh, let me pray um, as we begin. Heavenly Father, we praise you for a great gospel uh, to share and to live by. Uh, so Father, as we, uh, as we think about how we might uh, entrust it to others this morning, uh, we pray that you would give us wisdom and insight, uh, that you might give us faith uh, to hold on to those great and glorious promises. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the church is only ever one generation away from extinction, and humanly speaking, uh, at least. And the only thing that guarantees that the church will continue uh, beyond us is that we pass it on, that we pass the gospel, the true gospel, on. If we don't do that, well, no more church, certainly not at least no more true church. And so it is possible uh, as a church to be very busy and to, to think that we're doing all the right things, and yet if we're not passing the gospel on, we are falling short. Remember that um, if you were here last week, that 2 Timothy is all about passing the gospel baton. Here's the gospel baton, a little bit more battered than last week, but still going. We're to pass the gospel on to others. 2 Timothy is, is Paul passing it on to Timothy and telling him, calling him to pass it on to others who might in turn pass it on uh, to others, all the way down to us um, today. And the gospel we saw last week is life. It brings life and light to darkness. It is a message uh, not to be ashamed of, but to pass on gloriously, joyfully. It is a, is a message worth suffering for, for the sake of passing it on. And so as Paul comes to the end of the, his ministry, he wants Timothy to pass the gospel on to others. And that's what we need to do as, as a church today. We need to pass the gospel on to others. Now, actually, as we come to this passage, I think as I look around CCM, we do this uh, pretty well. We're not perfect, but we are seeking uh, to pass uh, the gospel on. And so I guess the, the main thing for us is to keep going, to keep doing that, to keep passing the gospel on, keep making it a priority, even when that is costly even when that's difficult. Okay, so um, just seven, seven short verses uh, this week, but lots in there. We're going to see um, one big command and three little pictures of how we do that. One big command and three pictures. The command is simply tr entrust the gospel to those who will pass it on. Entrust the gospel to those who will pass it on. And then three little pictures to help us see what that looks like. We're called to suffer like a soldier, compete like an athlete, and work hard 
like a farmer. Let's get stuck in then. And firstly, the big command, entrust the gospel to those who will pass it on. Verse one of chapter two. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Okay, how do, we, how do we pass the gospel on? Well, the starting point, verse one, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now that might sound a bit like um, sort of man up Timothy, but actually it, it, it's not telling Timothy to rely on his own strength to man up. It's actually saying rely on the strength of another, rely on God's grace to you. If you want to get technical, it's a, it's a present passive, keep on being strengthened. Keep on being strengthened. It's, it's kind of like what your doctor might say um, at your checkup. Your doctor might say, keep on eating a healthy diet. That is, it, it, it is your uh, good food that is going to give you the energy and the strength to keep going. What, what you're feeding your body is what's going to strengthen you. Keep on being strengthened by Christ's grace, his undeserved kindness to you. That's where it all starts if you want to pass on the gospel. You've got to draw your strength from the gospel itself. You never move on in the Christian life from grace. Paul isn't saying that there's sort of two classes of Christians. There's those who need the gospel. There's those who need grace. And there's those who are able to pass it on to others. No, it's, it's, it's not two groups, it is one group. All of us, dependent on his grace, strengthened by his grace to pass it on to others. That's what's going to enable us to keep going and to pass the gospel on. So maybe this morning, if you feel like, hey, don't entrust me with the gospel, don't entrust me with something so, so precious, so important. Well, the call is to depend all the more, be strengthened all the more by God's grace. That's what's going to cause you to be able to pass the gospel on. Okay, if that's our starting point, what is it we're to pass on? What is it we're to pass on? Verse two, the things you have heard me say. That is, Paul says, pass on my teaching. Pass on the authoritative teaching of the apostles. It, it might sound obvious, but the church is to pass on what the Bible says. Because the Bible is what teaches us the true gospel. And later in the letter, Timothy will say about scripture, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It is scripture that does that job. And so pass that on, Paul says, teach that. The things uh, Paul said were said in the presence of many witnesses. That is, the, the gospel is not some sort of secret uh, knowledge passed to a select few. No, it's, it is what has been proclaimed in the church. And the teaching is out there in the open. All the church has heard it. And if anyone has heard it, if, if everyone has heard it, 
why is it that, that some need to be entrusted? Why, does it, why, does it, why do you need to be called to be entrusted with the gospel? Well, it is because some have the, the, the particular responsibility, as we saw last week, to guard that message, to ensure that, that the rest of us are passing it on rightly. So in, in the church, the gospel is proclaimed uh, to all, but it is a special responsibility of a few to, to ensure that it is passed on correctly, faithfully. Timothy's particular responsibility is to entrust the gospel to reliable people. How does he pass that on? He's to entrust it to reliable people. He's to entrust it or, or commit it to those who will be able to pass it on. And entrusting is, is what you do with something important, something that really matters, something that is valuable, so that you take care in handing it over to another. And I, our son Callum, he's almost three, dropped him off at, across the road for scramblers this morning. As I did that, I, I entrusted him to the care of the leaders. I didn't just sort of you know, come straight into church and let him find his own way um, to, uh, to the office. He would not have done that. He'd have been halfway to Green Park. I made sure that, that they, they were taking him inside, that they had, you know, they had a, a hold of his hand and were taking him down. I entrusted him into their care because, because he matters. It matters. We're, we're, we're called here to, to take the same care when entrusting the gospel to others. That is, we're not to just assume that, that others will pick it up um, by, by some sort of you know, natural process of osmosis. No, we're to, we're to teach it. We're to guide, we're to mentor people in the gospel. We're to entrust it. We're to entrust it to reliable people. That word reliable, it's just, it's just another word for faithful. It's not just saying they need to be people who know how to turn up on time. No, it's, it's saying they've got to be faithful, faithful to the gospel. It's not saying that these people are sinless, but they do have to have integrity. There's got to be a gospel consistency. If you're, if you're thinking of training someone up to pass on the gospel, well, then you need to ask, do, do their lives reflect the gospel that they will proclaim? That is, are, are they actively fighting sin? Are they seeking to live under the authority of the Bible? If the answer is no, then it doesn't matter how gifted or able someone is. They shouldn't have that responsibility to pass it on to others. Timothy is to pass it on to reliable people who will, be able to who will be also be qualified to teach others. That is, they've got to be willing not just to hold on to the gospel for themselves, but to pass it on to others, to teach and guide others in turn. Call to entrust the gospel to those who will pass it on. What does that, what does that look like? in the life of the church? What would it look like if a church prioritized entrusting the gospel? Well, as I said at the beginning, I, th I think actually there are things that we do really well um, when it comes to this. Um, just look at the, um, the ministry intern scheme. Um, tw 20 years of training up uh, interns 
I think we're at the, the last count was 77 um, individuals, men and women, trained up uh, at CCM. And then most of them actually uh, gone out uh, to do other things uh, all across the city, the country, and, and beyond. That is, that the, there are people who've been, who've been trained, who have then gone on to, to lead churches, are currently leading churches, are leading other ministries in different churches, leading small groups. Um, some have gone overseas. Uh, whether they've gone into secular work, uh, even then still trying to pass on the gospel. And that's, that's one way in, in which I guess we're being intentional, trying to be intentional about entrusting the gospel, this thing of great worth uh, to those who will pass it on. And to then be happy to send the majority of those people out um, to other churches. It, it would be much, much easier for us, I guess, sitting here this morning, if all those 77 people uh, we're still here, and um, everything would run like a, like a dream. Everything you would want in a church uh, would probably be possible. And yet, to send them out, it is costly, but it is, it is doing to Timothy too. It's entrusting it to people who will pass it on to others. Um, just on that, another thing to look out for, if, if you want to get behind that work, if you want to support that, um, in the, uh, the church is in the process of setting up a thing called Gospel Generations Trust, which is basically just going to be a, a trust, um, a separate trust to help fund uh, ministry interns. And we'll be getting more information about that um, soon, but that would be one really practical way of playing your part in entrusting the gospel um, to those who will pass it on. The intern scheme, I guess, is a, is a formal way in which we do that here at CCM, but there are lots of other uh, informal ways. I mean, I, I guess in every ministry, right at the heart of it, is a desire to, to train others up, to train others up so that they can um, uh, step up to positions of leadership, so that they are equipped, uh, entrusted with the gospel to pass it on to others. And whether that's in the Sunday school going on right now and through the student work in small groups, people looking uh, to who, who's going to follow me, who's going to lead this when I'm not. It's costly um, to prioritize that sort of work, that sort of training. And as with any church, we've only got finite resources. We've only got a finite amount of time and energy. And, and it will mean that other things in the life of the church aren't done as well as we might want, hope. But these verses tell us that is the right priority. It is worth giving up some of those other things in order to entrust the gospel to those who will pass it on. That's the command, entrust the gospel to those who will pass it on. And then Paul gives us three, three little pictures of what that will look like. What will that mean in the life of a church. If we're doing that, we'll, we'll suffer like a soldier, we'll compete like an athlete, and we'll work hard like a farmer. Firstly then, we'll suffer like a soldier, verses three and four. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Paul tells Timothy, suffer like a, like a soldier. I guess all of us can, um, can appreciate there's nothing glamorous about military life. If you've watched, I don't know, any of those programs, that, um, SAS, Who Dares Wins, it's not a holiday camp. You don't go there for a relaxing week on the beach. 
When you're a soldier, your whole existence revolves around military life, around following the orders of your commanding officer. And that actually, to, to the exclusion of other demands on your time and energy, that, that can mean suffering, but it is the life of a soldier. Back before I was at CCM, when I was um, training uh, at Bible College, I got the opportunity to, to spend a week on a chaplaincy placement um, up at uh, Faslane Naval Base. It's the, um, the Navy base up in Scotland where they keep the nuclear submarines. Just to be clear, I was nowhere near any buttons um, while, while I was there. Uh, they were very careful not to put me in any rooms that, um, that were important. Um, uh, that, that was a, it was an extraordinary experience for many many reasons, but, but I got um, got to spend um, just an hour on board one of the submarines unarmed. Um, but it was it was there. That is not a place that you go for comfort. Um, it was dark, um, it was cramped, it was smelly, and you get no personal space on board a submarine. You don't even get your own bed, so you get your bed for like a third of the day. And then someone, and then you rotate round. You've got to clear up. You, time for your shift. Someone else comes and sleeps in that bed before it's your turn again. It's not. It is not comfortable. And an hour was more than enough time uh, on board one of those for me. And yet, when the when the submariners go on deployment, and um, they are underwater in those submarines for six months, without resurfacing once, because they're carrying nuclear warheads um, around. You, you don't want them. You don't want to know where they are. You don't want anyone knowing where they are. They, they have no contact uh, with the outside world. They're not getting entangled in civilian affairs. Why would they do that? Why, why would anyone choose to um, to go through that? Well, look, whatever you, whatever you make of a nuclear deterrent, um, the, the submariners, as you chat to them, they do it because they believe it really matters. They believe that by doing that, it is keeping. Uh, their families, keeping the nation safe from harm. I guess less prosaically, someone would just say, I have my orders. God has commanded us to entrust the gospel to others. Even when that is hard, even when that means I'm giving up uh, some level of comfort, we have our orders. There are lots of good things that a church could be doing. But like a soldier, we're, we're told to leave some of those things undone in order that we can entrust the gospel to the next generation. That is a vital task that means other things that might entangle are left behind. I don't know if you've seen the film um, 1917. Um, it, it's, uh, if you like war films, it, it's a great one to watch. Um, it follows, um, it's based on a true story, follows um, two soldiers, Will Schofield and Tom Blake. Um, they, they've got a mission to, to deliver a vital message to the front line. There's this division that's, that's about to attack uh, enemy lines, and it's doomed to failure. There's new information that means if, if this division attack, they're all going to be um, wiped out. They have no hope of surviving. And so Will and Tom are entrusted with the message and told, deliver it. People's lives depend on it. And it's, it's very beautifully and cleverly shot. And the whole film is essentially one um, continuous um, scene. Uh, it never sort of cuts. 
And that, that gives you the sense of the urgency and the focus, the single-minded focus with which these two soldiers um, uh, uh, keep moving forwards. There's all sorts of crazy things going on around them, and yet they keep moving forwards because they've got to deliver that message. What could be more vital than entrusting the gospel to others? We've already said that without that, and there will be no gospel witness in the next generation. That, does, that doesn't mean just you know, people gathering on a Sunday morning. It, it means that thousands will enter eternity without having heard about Jesus. It is serious. And so we ought to be prepared um, to suffer a bit now, to give up some of our comfort in order to pass that on. Paul tells Timothy to suffer like a soldier. He also tells him to compete um, like an athlete. Verse 5. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Paul tells Timothy, compete like an athlete. Not in the sense of be competitive, but compete according to the rules. Any um, sporting contest will have the rules that you've got to abide by. You've got to compete by those rules. If you don't, well, you get disqualified. End of. So if you're a, a sprinter, you've got to stay within your lane. If you step outside of your lane, you're disqualified automatically. If you're um, uh, throwing a javelin, I haven't thrown a javelin since I was like 14, and even then, it wasn't much um, to look at. But if, if you know what you're doing and you're throwing a javelin, if you step over the mark, if you step over that line, it doesn't matter how far you throw it, it doesn't count. You haven't competed according to the rules. When it comes to passing on the gospel, you've got to compete according to the rules, otherwise you're wasting your time. What, 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 is, what does it look like? Well, let's think about what it might look like to not compete according to the rules. We've already been told by Paul that it is his gospel that we've got to pass on. We don't get to, to play around with the message. We don't get to take bits out that we don't like and add bits in that we prefer. And you can't do that. that. That's not according to the rules. Nor can we decide that our experience trumps the authority of Scripture. So there, there are many um, within Christian circles, within churches today, who would want to do that. Who will say that, that what was written, what we have written in our Bibles, well, that was their understanding back then. But now we've, we've come so much further. We know so much more. And so we've got to change. We've got to correct. We've got to update what the Bible says. Paul says, no. Your culture may be telling you that, but that is not according to the rules. Compete like an athlete. Thirdly and finally, work hard like a farmer. Verse 6. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. I guess this is probably the most straightforward picture to understand. If you're going to entrust the gospel to others, well, you're going to have to work hard like a farmer. 
have a little bit of a head start on um, uh, uh, kind of being able to picture this. I grew up on a farm. My dad's a farmer. I know you might not know that um, from looking at me. You might find that a surprise, but I did. Um, first 18, 18 years of my life, um, I grew up on a farm uh, with my dad and my mum. You don't really notice things like this growing up, do you? But as I, as I think back now, as I thought about this verse, I'm not sure I know anyone who works as hard as my dad. Just, I just, I don't think I've ever seen anyone who works as hard. And the, it, it, the work of a farmer is relentless. Um, day after day, long days. I remember um, harvest time when you're getting in the crops and when they're ready. Um, my dad would be up before dawn, you know, up before four. And he wouldn't come back again until, he'd come in for lunch, but you, you know, he wouldn't be done for the day until well past midnight, when everyone else had, had gone to bed. It's long days, hard work. And of course, as soon as you, you, you gather in one harvest, well, you're on to the next one. You're on to preparing uh, the ground again for the next year. It is relentless, hard work. Paul says, entrusting the gospel to others will be hard work. We've got to be prepared for that. Actually, um, many of you are doing that already. You know um, the the work that it takes to entrust the gospel to others. Um, Because you're trying to raise up um, leaders who will come after you. So maybe um, maybe you're a DG leader, you're a small group leader. And you're, you're trying to raise up um, more leaders, the next leaders who will take on the group after you. And so you, you allow them to lead, you let them lead a Bible study. Now people think, oh, that's great. Someone else is on the router for that week. Of course, that, when someone else is leading, it's actually twice as much work, three times as much work as, as if you were just leading yourself. Because you've probably got to talk them through uh, maybe a study that you've led or the way that you would do it. You've got you to hold their hand. You've got to help them think through and how they're going to do it, prep it well. Then you've got to um, give them a bit of feedback afterwards, help them see what they did well, what they could do better. It would be much quicker in most of those occasions to just lead the study yourself. And yet in seeking to entrust it to others, trust the gospel to others, you're prepared to work hard. That's right, that's good. And of course, normally, as soon as you've got that person trained up, and they go off and lead another group, and then you've got to start all over again. It's hard work, but it is vital. So if, you, if you're doing that, keep, keep doing it. Keep going. It is worth it. And if all this sounds too difficult, um, as we wrap up, just, just remember that each of these um, pictures that we're given, there is a reward in each occasion, each time. So the soldier who endures suffering to fulfill his orders. Well, he enjoys the pleasure of his commanding officer. The athlete who competes according to the rules receives the victor's crown. The farmer who works hard, well, they receive the first share of the crops. Might be hard work, but it is a wonderful thing to be able to entrust the gospel to others. I think it's one of the things you notice um, if you stick with a ministry area for for a sort of uh, number of years, for a long time, you see that sort of fruit coming through. So I've been leading a summer camp for um, just over 10 years. And some of the, um, some of the, the teenagers who I saw as, as awkward, not very certain, um, 14-year-olds, well, this year they're now the ones coming back uh, as leaders 
to deliver the talks and to lead the studies and to disciple others. That's wonderful when you see that kind of fruit coming through. There's reward in that. And of course, as, as these verses show it, we do it ultimately to please the Lord Jesus. He's the commanding officer who has enrolled us into, into his work. He will say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. So let's do all that we can to keep making this a priority um, for, for CCM. For some of us, that will be in the way that we pray for church, that, that we would be um, passing the gospel and trusting the gospel to others. For others, it, it will be in the way that we serve currently, looking for others who we can entrust the gospel to, pass that baton on. Whatever it is, in whatever role, let's, let's all play our part in entrusting the gospel to those who will pass it on to others. It is vital. It's a wonderful task to be part of. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, how we praise you for the gospel. Father, it is, it is extraordinary in some ways that you would, um, you would give us some responsibility over it to entrust it to others. And yet it is the greatest privilege. So Father, please as individuals, please as a church, would we be prepared to suffer, to work hard, to do what you have called us to do in the way that you've called us to do it so that we might entrust the gospel to those who will come after us. We pray that that would, that would bring glory, not to us, but to the Lord Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.